Go! 2015! 2015! I don't make it happen. Um, who's... Is it you? Do you expect me to remember? Fuck. That was a year ago. Well, one of us has got to do it. It was last year, Ben. Why don't we do it at the same time? Okay. Did you watch Charlie Brooker's um, 2014 wipe? No. Ah, oh, so good. Did he wipe? He did. I'm good at wiping. Are you? Do you wipe front to back or back to front? It's, it's weird. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say back to front. You? Back. Wait. So you put your hands like in between your legs and <laughs> you wipe towards your balls. <laughs> How do you do it? Oh, I lift up my cheek to one side and then just wipe from my balls towards my spine. It's weird because like, I've never had this conversation with someone, Simon. So I don't really know if what I'm doing is. Have you not? This is like mm. a this is like a normal con. This is a known thing. This is actually a. Is it? Sometimes it's... they ask you this in job applications. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is news to me. You know, I've never had this. I've I've thought about it before. Have you? Because I've seen it like in media, TV seen... shows, and I think that's that's not how I wipe my ass. Why? Do you, so you like. Where does your arm go when you do it? What, what do you mean? Like, does it go through the gap in your legs in the middle? Yeah. <laughs> no That's way. what the gap's for. There's no gap at the back. <laughs> You're like getting pee on your wrist and everything. Well, no, you know, stick it in there while you're doing your business. So <laughs> like you're cleaning a if you're cleaning an industrial fan, you don't keep it on and just wipe it as it goes past I'm sorry Ben but that is that's bizarre that is weird well I was taught wrong okay you were wait so you were taught to do it that way no I don't fucking remember Simon I've been pooing for a long time have you yeah but doesn't that mean like there's stuff in the way (laughs) (laughs) you use that's what the other hand's for (laughs) So you, you you use one hand yeah. to pull the genitals out of the way, like, <laughs> like a cat flap, <laughs> and then the other one goes in the hole yeah, and wipes. Yeah. And I, I can see why you might be concerned. But and obviously sometimes when, you know, you, you don't know when to stop, so you have to look at the toilet paper at least once when you go to the toilet. Sure. That means that you have the, it's possible for you to bring out Dirty toilet paper with poo still on it. Past, past your genitals. Right. That's true though, isn't it? I think it's more efficient. If you think about it that way, it's a more efficient way of wiping because you're able to check up on what happens how, if, how it's going. What happens if it's, you know, it's a small toilet, it's not the biggest hole you can get in there and you wipe shit on your balls? You don't. You don't do that. <laughs> it's like, it's like saying, when you're driving, why don't you crash your car? You learn not to. Sure, you might have a few issues at the start, but you get used to it, you know? You adapt. Okay. I would genuinely like to get the listeners' opinions here. <laughs> I'm not how, even sure if I'm going to keep this in. Of how messed up because that is. Because this has backfired, because I honestly, I, I had concerns, but I didn't know if, <laughs> if I was the only one. You can't cut this, this out. You need to keep this in, because I, I need to know. I'm concerned now. Am I doing it wrong? Maybe no, I think you're doing it right. I've seen people in TV shows wipe their ass the way you're describing, and I think, oh, that's not how I do it. <laughs> right, we'll keep this in because I want, I want to know. All right, look, I've okay. got the worms thing. I have to live with that. You oh, can that's have, true. You can have the wiping. That's true. Thing. That was very, that was very big of you, <laughs> worm boy and wipe man. 
Yeah, one oh, point great. white man. All right, let's get this shit started. Now I'm in Jaden, FBI. Victor Goddamn Sullivan. Booker DeWitt. Solid Snake. Commander Shepard. Morton Sullivan. You're listening to PlayStation. 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 PlayStation Radio. Radio. Radio UK. This is PlayStation Radio UK. <laughs> Ninety-seven point one. Is it one? Yes. FL PlayStation Radio UK. It is Sunday, the eighteenth of January, two thousand and fifteen. That means we've been doing this shit for six years, kinda. No, five. Five years? Six. I think. I don't know. Two thousand and nine. Yeah, six. Well, not not in its entirely, but entirety. But you know. Yeah. Nearly. How, when, did, um, when did it get rebranded to PlayStation Radio UK? I want to say 2011. Okay, so, wow, four years. Welcome to the third annual Game of the Year show yeah. for this year. I'm Ben, Simon's here. Hello. Hi, so there's a cat climbing all over the fucking place. It's pissing me off. Get, get out. That's why I don't like cats. Very invasive animals. Well, the thing is, when they want to be affectionate, they are more annoying than anything else. So this one is just, you just want it to sit down and stop. And then it wags its tail, and you can't tell if it's happy or not, and then it bites you, and the whole thing just starts over again, doesn't it? Kill it. Oh well, I'll do it on air if you like. <laughs> no, that's quite illegal, I think. Get some, <laughs> only, get some written complaints. Bit, only a little bit illegal. Yeah. How was your, uh, how was your since mid-December life? Yeah, first of all, before we go into that, mm. what's happened to the feed, Ben? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, basically, something happened to the feed, which we can't pinpoint. We don't know why it's happened, but it means that if you're listening to this, you've either managed to go to our website because it's not on your iTunes, mm-hmm. or you've unsubscribed and subscribed again on iTunes and it's fixed it, because that's the only way that we can get it to update on your iTunes, yeah. is if you unsubscribe and then subscribe again. It's uh, it's weird. It's not ideal. No. It's not ideal at all. No, it's not ideal. Stitcher's still fucked. Yeah, we need to email them and get that fixed. Do you have a guy? No, I couldn't no. find it. I'll have to find a new guy. Okay. We'll just throw a, throw a rock through their window. Yeah, so that's a good start to 2015. Everything's still broken. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Everything's ruined. Um, But apart from that, let's talk about my year and how it's also been shit for me okay okay <laughs> hey it hasn't been shit for me um i had a great year spilt a full glass of coke on my laptop oh yeah you told me about that yeah so it was actually on christmas day oh that's a merry christmas to you yeah and i was just getting a jacket on my laptop was on the floor i don't know why hmm. my, my jacket hit a glass which is full of coke and it just Spelt in slow motion, it landed right on top of the keyboard. See, if you had a cat, you could blame it for that. I could. I could do that. I have 
perched on the end of little tables before, you know, where you put your drinks on and stuff. Um, with a drink there, forgotten it's there, spun around and elbows um, a mug of energy drink. I may have talked about this before, all over the sofa, like just literally everywhere. And, and then blamed it on the cat. Oh, I was sat on the sofa, the cat just jumped up and just sent him flying. <laughs> silly thing. <laughs> They're like, oh, silly cat. And I've fucking ruined their sofa. Is this, um, is this like at a friend's house? No, no, it was, no. It was this house. Okay. It's not mine, but it's this house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the house in which I currently reside. The They're house not... in which you reside in the garden of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty cold. You know what? It's, uh, it's not been a fun Christmas for me. No, so basically that juice, because I don't care about you, so that juice landed <laughs> on my laptop, yeah. and um, the laptop was on, and then there was a moment where I looked at it, I saw the screen was still on, and then it went, oh, that's a good noise, and the laptop went off, mm. instantly in a, a gift bag full of rice, the laptop went, um, a gift bag full of rice? Yeah, I mean, they say that rice helps get the liquid out, Yeah, absorbs it. Mm. So I tried to dry it off, got the rice in there. Why did you say gift bag? Like, did you put the rice in a gift bag? Yeah, because it's like, you know, usually if it's a phone, you'll put it in like a jar, but a oh, laptop's right. big, so I put it in a gift bag, cling filmed oh, it up. Oh, like a big sparkly bag? Yeah. Nice. Um, cling filmed it up, tried to leave it like that and just hope for the best. Mm. Um, it did dry out, but it didn't really help. It could turn on, and then it said hardware fail, and it was like, oh, you know, dear. I could send this out for months, or, you know, university deadline's coming, mm. I can use home insurance and get a new one. Did you have stuff on it that you couldn't get off? I didn't. I paid 80 quid and took it to a memory place, and they got everything off for me. Oh, that's good. Um, so I, I haven't lost anything. All all, the, all that kind of nasty stuff. <laughs> um, Actually, it was mostly... Interviews and videos for my portfolio work that I was worried about. Oh, right, yeah, that's important. Um, and even images for the podcast. Um, that would be... That's that's where we got screwed over when my last MacBook died. Yeah. Um, all of the original versions of the voice actor promos, I'd lost them. So yeah. I had to cut them out of shows they'd been in, which is why the... We don't use them very often now, but that's why the music leading in and out of each one is a lot shorter than it was because you know you would you would edit it so that we would speak over the beginning of the uh, of the music and the outro of the music between segments and so yeah it's 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 a it's a bugger when you lose these things that you yeah i mean because we'd obviously have the images but it's about yeah. having the the psd file on photoshop which means you can edit all the separate layers it's about the principle of it um, and yeah, like you said, having the having the size of the image, um, just taking a screenshot of it and yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that good, would it? No, not the same. But thankfully, that you know, so it turned out better than it could have. But it would have been ideal just not to spill all the diet coke on it in the first place. But now you've been saddled with arguably something far worse. What's that? Windows eight. Yo, you don't don't get me fucking started. <laughs> Um, I was saying to you, my brother's just got a Windows 8 laptop. It's his first laptop, and he was asking me to set it up for him. And I have no fucking idea how to use that. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's so counterintuitive. It's horrible. Yeah. It is. Um, Windows, we went from MS-DOS to Windows, and the big jump there was we're now using graphics which represent something and a mouse that you can click on that something and, and, and influence. And the other thing. Yeah. Now, Windows 8 is the first thing ever since... 
you know, Windows first came out, ever since that sort of computing was designed, you know, I think it might have actually been uh, Apple that did that first kind of computing. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the first operating system since then that I know of, which says, we're going to get rid of that, and you've got four corners of the screen, and if you click on a random fucking corner, something's going to happen. And no one knows what. <laughs> Things are going to be running in tabs you can't see, and yeah. screens that aren't there. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, there's a start button, but it takes you to to what looks like a tablet screen, and half yeah. your shit's not there. You've got um, yeah, like I say, that that start screen. You click on it, and I've now got two versions of Skype. <laughs> One version of Skype which opens in the start window. Yeah. Which is very useful because it gets rid of your start taskbar. It gets rid of every fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a version of Skype which actually works. <laughs> and whenever you type in Skype, does it bring you to the one that works on the desktop? No. Is is that one that's that's installed and you can't get rid of the one that? Yeah, work? as far as I'm aware, Fuck. I can't get rid of it. And that's the one that they actually call Microsoft Skype. Yeah, that's just Skype. Yeah, I know, but it's like it's a shit broken version. Oh, I've just done something else. I've done something I've not seen before. Oh, I've you doing clicked, it now? Yeah, I've clicked on a corner of I've clicked on a corner of my start menu, and it's made the start menu go tiny. <laughs> uh, oh well, that's the that's the much used giant view for if you're really big. Um. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm hoping you know I I got this laptop and I was thinking, should I take it into a computer shop and pay them just to put Windows Seven back on it? No, have a word with have a word with Andy. Um, what I've decided was I'm going to wait until. Apparently Windows 10 is meant to come out halfway through this year. Yeah, which makes no logical sense. Yeah. Um, and as far as I'm aware, that's going to be a bit of Windows 7 mixed in with a bit of Windows 8. Right. So, um, Hopefully more Windows 7. So, yeah, hopefully a bit better than this. <laughs> um, what a fucking mess that is, though. And, and supposedly it was even worse to begin with. Like yeah. You didn't even have a desktop view. Yeah, I mean, this is that, this is that 8.1 Windows 8, isn't it? Which is actually supposed to be the better version yeah it's so streamlined it's just unuser friendly yeah it's what it's what you said about the ps4 but i've never felt that because on my ps4 i don't tend to use the settings Mm. but on a computer i use the settings a lot and i like to know where stuff is and how to work it on windows 8 it's that user friendly everything's built like it is on your phone and you have no control over anything yeah um but yeah, I've also um, had a job interview and an, and an exam. Mm-hmm. So that's the other reason why it's taken a while for the podcast to come out. Yeah, My exam went really well. Uh, the job interview, not quite as well. Fuck them. <laughs> didn't get the job. You, never, you, don't, you didn't even <laughs> want to work there, did you? Who were they? Uh, BBC. Oh, okay. Did right. want to work there. <laughs> no, you'll get them next time, pal. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, last night, I was terrified. Mm. Okay. Like, I was lying awake, and all of a sudden, I was bored, and I thought, I'm going to scare myself. Okay, Why? I, I just watched a film. Who thinks that? I, ju- I don't know. It was What just a, are you? I don't know what kind of thought process that is, but I was watching a film just the night before called Babadook. Oh, I've heard of that. Which is actually quite a good horror film. Most, usually, they're quite shit. And it makes this voice, and I can do the voice it makes in the film perfectly. Oh God! And so, in the middle of the night, pitch black. Yeah. I just said the phrase it says in the voice, okay. and my own voice scared me. 
And then I was lying in bed in like a hot sweat, like, oh my God, why did I do that? <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to move or roll over yeah. or, or do anything too quick in case the monster gets you. Yeah, I put the light on. Did you? He says, um, bah, bah, Duke. Oh, wow. And I just said that, like, in the middle of the night for no reason. Realised it was a bad mistake. <laughs> yeah, that's so silly. <laughs> um, <sighs> but yesterday, you're talking about the snow or the mm. weather down well, there. Well, I wasn't, but... Yeah, you're yeah. talking about the weather down there. Okay. Weather up here, very snowy. Yeah, uh, good for you. I've never been skiing before, okay? I've been snowboarding. I've never been skiing. Yesterday, I skied for the first time ever mm-hmm. in a field behind my house. And how did you get on? Quite well. Yeah? Yeah, because the person who had skied there before, as skis it was, was telling me it's quite hard to ski in snow that deep um, because it's hard to turn. Right. But, I, you know, I was I was going downhill quite fast and I was I did a couple turns. I couldn't tell if I was the one making the turns happen. <laughs> okay. But Who I wanted the turns to happen be? and they did. I didn't know how I was doing them. Someone else just on the skis behind you. You know, I, could, I couldn't tell if it was just the hell and the momentum was just doing it for me. <laughs> like, I'm um, so fuck, I'm good at this. But the person that was there telling me was like, you know, on skis, sometimes even just looking somewhere is enough to make you turn. Right there and then, he gave you a job as a scheman. <laughs> You'll be known as Scheman Thornton from now um, on. On a, on a snowboard, when you're going downhill fast, you've always got that thought that if you catch the wrong edge of your snowboard, you're going to go head first and yeah. really hurt, your, hurt yourself. Okay. On skis, you just sit there. You just stand up and you go. Well, I think the uh, the Olympians might have a, <laughs> a few words to say about that. I, don't, I mean, but like from a beginner's point of view, the skis right. were so easy. How do you? Is it easy to slow down? Um, well, this. I mean, the hill at the bottom. The hill had like a tapering off point at the bottom. Mm. Um, and and then, I also and just a cliff. What I do is I just kind of turn side on. And the snow was that deep that that would just slow me down really easy. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, it's a good. That was a good unusual way to start skiing. I've been running to my car as it rains on me every day, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, they don't grip my road, so I have to drive my car um, in neutral. Just roll it. That's not that's not a sensible way to drive in the snow. Slide it, slide it down. It's just a sledge now. <laughs> yeah. Um, final thing I want to talk about before we go on to games or uh, your week or your month. Yeah. I went to Pizza Hut buffet. Okay. Yeah. I approve of that. Um, it's quite good. It's, well done. Um, it's quite good. Pizza Hut's nice, fresh. I found out it's not that good, heated up in the oven. Domino's is quite good heated up in the oven. I've never heated up Domino's pizza in the oven. Neither um, did I. But I I don't know if it makes any difference. Maybe the fact the Pizza Hut is good pizza there because it's good when it's warm. I think when I have had delivery of Pizza Hut pizza in the past compared to Domino's, it sucks compared to Domino's, which is weird because in the actual restaurant itself... It's good. Pizza Hut pizza's good, yeah. Um, but there's something about the delivery. So I don't know if it's just when it gets a bit cold, it's no longer as good, which may be why when you said you heated it up, it wasn't that nice. Yeah. But the only reason I heated it up was because we went into the buffet mm. and me and my brother, when we go to the Hamilton Palace Pizza Hut, they yeah. recognise us because we go there quite often. Hammy Pally. Um, and they come over and they, they ask us how we're doing. <laughs> you know, we're like... We're like um, Are your photos on the wall? No, not yet. I might actually just we'll bring a photo and stick it on the wall years. one day. <laughs> um, yeah. So when the buffet was over, they came over and said, look, that pizza's going to go in the bin. You guys are last with the buffet. 
here's three massive pizza boxes. Shit, son. Fucking load it up. That is a win. Yeah, so we had three boxes of, of three massive pizza boxes. And, you know, usually when a pizza's in a pizza box, there's a lot of cardboard you can see at the bottom because mm. it's a circle inside a square. Right. This was just like a carpet of pizza. <laughs> and there was three boxes of it. So that did me for that lunch and dinner because it was a buffet, so I didn't eat anything else that day. Yeah. And the lunch the next day and a snack at night. You lucky bastard. They don't let you uh, take buffet pizza home in a in a box anymore because people used to abuse it. People like me. Yeah. Do you want to know how me and my friends used to rip them off? How's that? We used to go in for lunch and sit at different tables. Like, to, our group would split into two. <laughs> We'd go to different tables um, and then... We would both order as much as we wanted. You know, we would go up and down because it's a buffet. You would eat as much as we wanted. Then we would all fill our plates and ask for a box each to take home our stuff. And we knew that if there were too many of us at one table all trying to do this, they would be on to us and they would, you know, tell us off. So we, we, <laughs> we went without talking to each other for the entire of lunch for the purpose of taking home lots of pizza. <clears throat> That's and then bizarre. we would start to roll this out into like different territories. So when we did it, when we hit a location too many times, we'd go to a pizza in the next town. And, <laughs> and we just, we went as far out as, as like three quarters of an hour train rides. We didn't go for the pizza, but like we knew that if we went to the pizza in a pizza in our local town, they'd be like, "That's those fucking kids again. They're going to come take all up. All our pizza in cardboard boxes. So the way that Pizza Hut combated that was to just made it that no shop in the UK can do it. Well, I in don't case know if it was exclusively because of me, but I'd like to think that we were we had a part in it. Yeah. We were pretty notorious. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. But well, it's a good tactic. Um, but in, in my case, they just came up with three massive boxes and said, fill it up as much as you want because that's going to go in the bin. That's because you're like, you're like the old guy with the walking stick in the hat who's been going there for 50 years. Yeah. Like, oh, right, it's Rog. You alright, Rog? Go on, Rog. You want your normal booth there? Get the fuck out. And they kick out whoever's in there, and then yeah, you sit there and, take, and then you take home their pizza, and they're not even not even started yet. Yep, that's that's me. So, that you. how's your how's your month been though? Oh, you nearly went without asking how I was then, didn't you? Yeah, I heard it, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, it was uh, had a pretty good Christmas and New Year's was was all right. But yeah, no, fine. Um, I'm now a lord. <laughs> I am lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have done that. I didn't think about it, but legitimately, I am a lord. Oh. Um, I am a lord of Glencoe. Really? Yeah, you know Glencoe? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm a lord of Glencoe. Who says? Um, Deedpole. What? Uh, and the the current owners of the land of Lord of Glencoe, is, uh, of Glencoe sorry, as well. You can buy a square foot of land um, in Glencoe and basically abuse the system in order to claim the title of Lord because technically you own land in this particular place. Wow. So, 
So are you going to get mail delivered with the title Lord? I have got the appropriate paperwork to reapply for my driver's license. No way. And my bank account for a name. I have name change documents for each um, and they need proof. So basically, and it came like this, this whole pack that you that you get when you buy this title because you're buying titles essentially you're buying a lordship um and you get this deed poll document uh, do you want me to read it to you it's fucking legit and quite funny as well actually go for it this is so cool i want to do it it's pretty funny isn't it it's it's 30 quid mate it's so worth it um here we go uh da, da, da. look at this listen to this shit um this isn't the the deed poll thing but uh, dear lord benjamin please find enclosed your estate transfer pack here we go, here's the, here's the deed poll. By this deed of chance of name and title made by myself the underside Lord Benjamin Potter of Glencoe, hereby declare as follows. I absolutely and entirely renounce, relinquish and abandon the use of my former, na- form, form, uh, uh, former name of Benjamin Potter and assume, adopt and determine uh, to take and use from the date hereof the name and title of Lord Benjamin Potter in substitution for my former name of Benjamin Potter. It's it's pretty crazy. I shall at all times hereafter in all records, deeds, documents and other writings and in all transactions and on all occasions whatsoever use and subscribe the said name and the title of Lord Benjamin Potter as my name in substitution for my former name of Benjamin Potter. And it goes on like that. So that means that whenever you, I mean, let's say it's a job application. I am Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to put on Lord Benjamin <laughs> Potter? I don't know that I will do it for everything, but I just want a driver's license that says Lord Benjamin Potter on it. I think that would be funny as fuck. And what happens like when the bank sends you a statement? Is that going to say Lord? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. It's pretty funny. Um, that's why I wanted it, because I thought it was... Uh, you get all sorts of, sorts of other gimmicky shit as well, like bumper sticker that says, I am, I am a Lord and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the other bumper sticker. Um, but yeah, so that's that's something I'm. I filled out most of the paperwork, and I just need to run over a couple of things um, with someone to double check them, and then hopefully, hopefully soon I will have new driver's license, new bank account with the appropriate name and yeah. t- well, the appropriate title in there. So that's got to be. It's going to be pretty exciting. But legit, I have a certificate up on my wall that says Lord of Glencoe. Certificate of sale. I own a square foot of land in Glencoe. Wow. So, Are you ever going to go and see it? No. no. <laughs> but I can yeah. if I want to. Yeah. We can go if you like. I'll come up and but visit you. We can go see my square foot. There must be um, a limit to how many people can do this before... There's, there's a lot of, of land. But once that land is gone... Mm. And owned by a bunch of people. Yeah. How are they ever going to determine whose it is when you die? I think it's, uh, well, I have, um, I have, I can leave this to someone in my will. Wow. Legitimately. Like it is, it's abusing the system so much as it's not a considerable amount of land at all. And I paid not a lot of money for it at all. But it takes all the right legal documents to, uh, legal boxes to to be a legitimate thing that I own and and possess. So now that I own it, it is mine. I can't you know plant shit in it because it's way too small. But I can leave it to people. I can use it to to claim the title of lord and and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah yeah yeah. 
Now I'm thinking 30 quid per square foot. How much yeah. money would it cost me if I was to buy enough land to just go and build a house? You can buy bigger plots. Okay. Um, I know you, if you buy a certain size plot, you can go and camp there. Um, at least probably not on the exact spot you've bought, but you have the rights to go and camp somewhere on on the in the grounds of of that estate. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I mean, you'd you'd struggle with all sorts of things like planning permission, and you know as well yeah. as I do that because of the part of the world it is and how beautiful it is, they probably you would not stand any chance of just building a house <laughs> in the middle of. Of this, you know, surrounded if, by yeah. other people's land. If you apply for planning permission, that is. I mean, like, <laughs> so you're go up just going to rock up, build, and build a log a cabin type thing. That would be wicked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now I've got the coordinates of my plot, and that's. Uh... It's so like, that's it. That was the big thing that happened to me. It's almost like you know people can buy a plot on the moon. Yes. Have you done I think that? I have yet? one of those as well. Do yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. You're like. Lord Benjamin Potter of space Lord. the Moon, Space you Lord. You should, um, you should be Space Lord. What's the name of the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? I can't remember. Uh, Star Lord. Star Lord. Yeah, that's me. You are basically Star Lord. I'm Star Lord. Moon Lord. Moon Lord. That sounds like I go around and just show people my ass. Moon Lord. He wipeth from back to front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's your titles. Right, yeah. um, so that's it. Are you well, going to keep quickly, us updated? Besides that, I, I cut my finger on on a piece of Christmas cake. That's... Like, I drew blood on Christmas cake. That's messed up. Isn't it? My grandma made a lethal cake. The, the icing was so sharp that it actually drew blood when I was cutting a slice. Wow. How fucked up is that? That is fucked up. Yeah, I've got the scar to prove it. It's healing very quickly because it wasn't a considerable scar. People were putting that in their mouth. No, I didn't bleed all over it. Like it was, it was like a paper cut. So I had no. I, I, I had mean, blood on my. I mean, like oh, if it's that would. sharp for your finger, how's it not going to cut your mouth open? <sighs> I think it, it spent a lot of time in the mouth, like just just going all soggy before people could chew. Like people had to just dunk it in their tea for like half an hour before they could eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they had to marinate it. We microwaved it for a while as well. Yeah. So that was exciting. But anyway, we've talked for way too long. Yeah, game of the year. Uh, yeah, fucking hell. So let's move. Let's let's play a music. Um, what music should we play here? Because we can't play a piece of game music. What do you want to play? We can know. play literally anything. I don't care about copyright. What do you want to play? Um, I think we should play. I am Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's but not also very long, though. before before we get there, um, okay, I went to Sunderland like last week. Why? Um, I got a home ticket for Sunderland v. LFC. Oh yeah, you sat in the the home fans. I sat next to the away fans, and at halftime, I just went and sat with the away fans because obviously I'm a Liverpool fan. Did you wear your Liverpool shirt? No. Okay. Um, But the steward noticed, and he came over and asked us, and we were like, "Oh, mate, we just want to sit here. Is that okay?" And he was really nice about it. I was like, "Yeah, go for it." Yeah. So not not a great deal of bad blood clearly between Sunderland. No. Everton fans, you you would be killed. Yeah, I don't think I'd try.
game of the year, Simon. Yes. Do you want to explain how we interpreted the listeners' um, votes? Because there were far more than we expected, so we were just going to run through theirs, their top fives with ours, but that would take way too long. Yeah, so we asked you, the listener, for your top fives, and like Ben says, there was tons of them. So I made a score system, and for anyone that gave a game their number one spot, the prestigious number one spot, that game got five points. If it gave, if they gave it uh, their second spot, it got four points, and so on until their fifth spot got the game one point. Yes. And then I tallied all that up, mm-hmm. counted the games with the most points, mm-hmm. and we got our list together. And now then we didn't like it, so well, we changed the, the rules. It's not that we didn't like it. The yeah, winner did, was GTA Five. Yeah. And me and Ben came to the conclusion that, um, what was the phrase you used before the show, Ben? We should celebrate however limited they may be, the games of this year. And so GTA re- re-releases 5, were yeah. stripped. GTA 5 was 2013, so we thought, let's talk about games this year and not a game that got numerous Game of the Years last year. Hmm. Ultimately, that is kind of a slap in the face of you guys because we, if we'd have told you that beforehand, your lists may have been slightly different. So, we apologise for that. But, at the same time... We, we can make the rules, and we can most <laughs> certainly break them. <laughs> I am Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so should, should we start? Shall How we are we going to do this? this? We're, we're gonna, you're going to go first, and then me, and then we're going to alternate who reads out the... the we, well, we're going to go from five to one, right? So my five, your five, my five, listener five, your four, my four, listener four, and so on. Go for it, whatever that means. Do you have the Google document there? I do. I do, okay. Um, we have a few things to read out first from people. Yep. Because a couple of people abstained, and then one other person just, just put a little rant at the beginning of their top five, so I thought we should include that as well. Yeah. So Seb Nastarovich says, It was such an underwhelming year, I cannot find too many good games. I would say Black Flag and Elite Dangerous on PC. Can't think of anything else that kept me playing for too long. So he didn't give us a top five. Yeah, well, I think the fact that GTA Five got to the top of this year... I mean, GTA Five was, was a great game. Mm. But I think it goes to show that the games that came out this year weren't that good. Yeah. And when they were good, I think in a normal year, they would have been... I don't think they would have even gotten the nomination list. Yeah, I, s- I suppose you're right. Um, you know, w- it's, it's not been a particular... I did struggle with a couple of things on my list. Like There were a couple I wanted in there. Um, but not as much as normal. No. Last year was a tough one. Well, actually, it wasn't for the number one spot, but everything else was yeah. a bit challenging. I mean, my top five this year was basically, I know what's going to win, and everything else, you know, I, I don't actually think they should be in a top five, apart from maybe the second spot. Yeah. It's like I'm just filling out a top five, which to me, I don't usually feel like that for Game of the Year. You make it sound like work. Yeah. Um, Christian Alexander just said blatant um, just simply said all the games are rubbish oh thanks Christian thanks <laughs> cheers mate uh, do you want to read the other one as and well and then um, Alex Parker he said 2014 has been utter toilet for new releases and riddled with disappointment developers and publishers are taking the piss with half finished products and day one patching nonsense the start of the year, I was looking forward to Watch Dogs, Drive Club and Destiny, 
Watchdogs was shite, Drive Club was broken, and Destiny is an evil Sith-like grind resembling a video game version of The Matrix. I like that. That's a good rant. Uh, and he says, thank God for the games of 2013. Uh, um, a good rant is made in the commas and the comma placement. And i got to say, Alex, good comma placement. Yeah, and what he said about Destiny, an evil Sith-like grind resembling a video game version of The Matrix. What does, nice. Sith, what does it mean by Sith like? It's just nice words. That's a, that's a box quote. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. What Alex said, yeah. Woo! Right then. You ready, Simon? Yeah. So we'll start off with my list, my number five. Mm. My number five went to a little indie game. Oh. Um, and what we said about not playing, not putting re-releases in our lists, this is going to be even more of a slap to the face to listeners because oh, mine is Rogue did Legacy. Did you break your own rules? Mine is Rogue Legacy. Fuck, what The a first shit time game. it's ever been on a PlayStation console, though. Yeah. It had only been on PC before, which means a lot of people hadn't even heard of it. Mm. Um, I mean, I played it when I was down in London, like, two years ago. Yeah. You know, when, when The Last of Us came out. But Rogue Legacy, um, only just out on, on PlayStation consoles. Mm. It's a wonderful little kind of, like, it's a roguelike, ob- obviously. Yeah. And you go into the castle, it's always random. Um, it's a side scroller and you just kill little monsters and it's so simple so funny and it's really fun it's addictive you weren't the only person that uh, voted for it no I wasn't and you know it was between that and Binding of Isaac for my fifth spot and I thought about I thought Binding of Isaac wasn't as um, it wasn't as new to us yeah I felt like Rogue Legacy for a lot of Playstation gamers it was a new game everyone had heard of Binding of Isaac did Binding really sort of transfer that well to consoles? Because it was it on Xbox uh, before? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it plays well on console. I think that it plays better on, on a D-pad than it does on a keyboard. It's just the, the lack of proper 360 degrees with the aiming that annoyed me, because it's only diagonal and left, right, up and down. Yeah. I mean, you don't use the analog sticks, because then it just annoys you. Yeah. Um, you have to use the, you have to use the face buttons and the D-pad. Mm-hmm. But I thought Rogue Legacy was, it felt like more of a, this was designed for console, mm-hmm. and it felt very new. It felt like a 2014 game, so I put that on as number five. Yeah, fair enough, man. My number five is Dark Souls Two. Wow. Which came out right at the beginning of yeah. 2014, and it took up my life for a good couple of weeks. Really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah. It was. At number one on this list and wow. it was weird because I put it at number one and I thought well what has to go at number one well, Dark Souls has to go at number one really doesn't it and then I thought actually I I haven't thought about it since I haven't played it since I've had no urge to go back to it like I don't I mean it didn't capture me the same way Dark Souls did so I actually found a new number one and every other game above it in the list previously leapfrogged it and I put it in number five because it is really good it's a really good game, but at the same time, it still felt quite unpolished. And it didn't grab me as much as the original Dark Souls game did. Yeah. Um, and I also didn't find it as challenging. And this isn't the game's fault necessarily, because it was as soon as it had come out, and fair enough to the servers, because those things were working like nobody's business. So you don't you don't find that with online games now. Uh, you know, most online games just don't work out of the box. And there were always so many people around to summon in that it 
sometimes felt like it was too easy because I would get to a bonfire or I would beat a boss, I would wave to the guys that helped me, I would go through the, the, the next door into a into another room with a bonfire, kindle it, sit at it, stand up, and then there would be five more people to summon in, and then I would just go on my merry way again. They would be super familiar with the area and just kill everything for me, and I would just claim all the glory. So there's still a couple of things I need to do in that game, but I am going to get it on PS4, I think, and I do want to play it through properly with you and Andy, and I want us to, to like play it the same way we did Dark Souls 1. Yeah. No, I think I probably wanted to do that as well because it didn't even make my list. Yeah, and it was weird because you were were you really busy with something else at the time? You didn't have a lot of time for it, did you? I think I had to take a month out or something because I was doing something else. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it was. Were you, you know, in Manchester? I think I might have been. Yeah, I'm not sure though. But basically, that's the first time a Souls games came out and I've not loved it. Mm. And the fact it's not even on my top five. And I put it down to the fact that Dark Souls was such a perfect game. Yeah. And it felt like you were exploring a world and you were getting the knowledge of the of the game and you were you could use that to be a god at it. And it felt like you knew the world itself. Mm. But Dark Souls 2 to me always felt like I was playing a game and each level was separate. And it was a game. Yeah. It never once felt like anything bigger than that. Yeah. You you you're not wrong at all. Like the with the introduction of teleporting between the mm-hmm. Well, that was logically that was the next step from having to run everywhere. It also highlighted just how well designed Dark Souls One was. In that there was always, whenever you beat a boss, there was a shortcut that opened up into an area you've been before. So while you had to run between areas, it wasn't too far because if you'd been playing the game properly and looking out for all the secrets, you would find new ways to reach different areas. Yeah, and it was just it was a, a masterpiece in map design because everything linked together yeah. so perfectly. But even the um, even the actual level design itself, when you look at Dark Souls Two, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't create the atmosphere that Dark Souls created. Yeah. Dark Souls One was all about going into horrible places and grinding at them for hours, and then going through a tunnel, and suddenly you're in daylight, you're in Firelight Shrine, you've went through a shortcut, and it's the sense of relief you get, yeah, and it makes the world feel much smaller again. You know where everything is. Dark Souls 2 was the opposite. It was vast open spaces with janky sea textures at the bottom and you can't really see how the world connects at all. Yeah. And you don't feel like you've got that restricted sense of, you know, that sense of fear that the atmosphere would give you in Dark Souls 1. Mm. And it's like, why? It's such a big step backwards in terms of atmosphere. I mean, sure, the bosses are still good. The gameplay's still good. It's still Dark Souls. But I just think that taking that essence away... It really, it just didn't feel as good to me. Yeah, not wanting to sound like we're just tearing into Dark Souls too, but what you said about the the textures and stuff is totally right. Like you would look over a wall and there'd be this shitty forest texture, whereas in Dark Souls One, all that shit would be hidden behind walls. If you could see something in the distance, you could go there, and there it was a, there was a yeah. purpose for you uh-huh. being able to see that because you were going to go there. Whereas here, it was like a linear path. There was a central area, sure, but once you headed off in one direction, you would keep going until you hit the end of that and then you would teleport back. Yeah. You didn't loop back on yourself at all. And then there was the, the fire area, the poison area, the nighttime area, the cave area, you know, and it was it was all just sort of felt like it was going through these different stages of game design rather than... Yeah, it felt like it was going, was going through the motions. It mm. felt like a game that was 
a yearly instalment of a franchise. One thing I will give it, though, is I think that the... I can't remember the name of the place. Did you finish it in the end? Um, I did, yeah. You know that horrible map that's really, really dark and it's got ladders going down everywhere and you need to have a torch because if you go down these ladders, you can just fall off and die because some of them don't go anywhere. I would say that's worse than Blighttown. Going through that section was horrible and i think that was the that was one of the real standouts for that game because that was fucking horrible that bit you know everyone always says that and i was playing it when i got there the first time i was playing it with mark mm. i just got there and i basically ran through it did you i think my tv settings i could see i could see better than you're meant to i think oh okay and um and i didn't find it hard to map that area in my head so once i died i just ran back to where i was right um, Even so, that kind of design is what the game was lacking yeah, more. Yeah, it did, yeah. But uh, that that's my number five. Okay, so we move on to listener number five, which mm. is The Wolf Among Us. Oh, damn. Um, and the first episode of that came out in 2013, but the it rest did. of the episodes came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of our listeners, Paul Frew, has got a little sentence about this game. Game says, on! He says, I hope they make more of this series. I love the tone and the characters. Their best work to date, excluding the new episodes for Borderlands and Game of Thrones, which I haven't played. So he thinks The Wolf Among Us is better than both seasons of The Walking Dead. I would be inclined to agree with that as far as... Oh, it's tough to say. The first season was so good of The Walking Dead. The Wolf Among Us, though, equally as good. It is in my list somewhere, so I'll talk about it in a little while yeah. also you can't call him one of our listeners you know who Paul Frew is come on yeah. um, I also of, host of our friend podcast game on I also think that um, the, the Wolf Among Us is very special and that it's very easy to make a zombie game mm. The Wolf Among Us is different yes source material is fascinating yeah it really is okay you're number four buddy Where my number going? four is Wolfenstein ooh which sort of came out of nowhere and I think it sort of speaks to how the games of this year weren't anything that special because on a different year Wolfenstein would go down as a very solid good shooter mm-hmm. but not much else but this year Wolfenstein is one of the best stories I've played in a game definitely one of the most fun experiences I've had in a first person shooter certainly this year and I thought it just exceeded any sort of expectations that anyone put on it yep yep I totally agree I, th- I thought it was great fun really really good fun and it's the closest to and I don't say this lightly the closest to a time splitters game we've had obviously doesn't have the crazy local co-op that made time splitters yeah. so good but the story the shooting the dual wielding the sort of half assed attempt at stealth that actually kind of works even though it's not that well implemented yeah I, I just thought it was brilliant it was really good and a great fun to get the platinum in as well just a really really good fun game I just think um I forgot what I was going to say but you know it's a fantastic game and yeah. yeah there's not much more to say about that it reminded me a lot of Singularity when that came out Yes, another really, really good shooter that was some for some reason really overlooked. Yeah, and Wolfenstein sort of similar, but the fact it's on next gen and it's the, one of the first shooters on next gen, mm-hmm. it really gives it that sort of position where it can be looked at as one of the best games this year. Yes. Did you get the platinum in Singularity in the end? 
think I did, yeah. That is one of my crowning achievements in my vast collection of platforms. Yeah. Get, playing the multiplayer four years after that game came out or whatever it was, and there being no one online, so you would literally have to leave it on while you went to the, the shops or whatever and just host a game and hope that... And eventually enough people would show up so you would have one game going, but there was only ever one game going yeah. in the entire world. When we got to the Platinum, wasn't it that we got a lot of our gaming friends to get the game for like £2 online and yeah. play it with us? Yeah, Mark, Pam and Fraser all helped us out with that, didn't they? Because yeah. I don't know how we persuaded them to get it because it was <laughs> the multiplayer was awful. Like It's not good. Um, Worth getting for the good. single player, though. Oh, single player is great. It's worth getting now for the single player. Bioshock slash, well, Wolfenstein, really, except set in Russia. In fact, I reckon, I can't remember what company that was that made that game. Raven Software. Yeah, I reckon they should, I hope they make a sequel for that, especially when you look at how well Wolfenstein's done. I don't think it did that well commercially, though. That's what sucks. Or even critically, it didn't do that great. Um, which is a real shame because it was, it came out in that wave of awful yeah. first-person shooters like Time Shift and you know all these horrible games that were coming out in the wake of uh, COD Four, and they all thought they had to have this multiplayer focus. And they, as soon as these games said they had a multiplayer um, element to them, they were almost doomed to fail by by the gaming press because they felt that nothing could and nothing could stand up or hold a candle to COD 4 at that point and so even if they had a really strong single player component that would sort of go you know fall by the wayside because they'd say oh it's got a shit multiplayer and then that would be that um, but I know they're helping out with the Call of Duty games yeah. now but I think that's so far beneath yeah, well, them I mean, they can make something so interesting looking on Wikipedia now you've got the last game they made I mean, they actually made a Wolfenstein game in 2009 yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to Singularity, which is very Wolfenstein-like, and it, and you know, in the way it, it themes and the way it plays and everything. Yeah. But since then, 2010, they've worked on Call of Duty Black Ops, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three, Call of Duty Ghosts, Call of Duty Online, and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, and that's it. <sighs> that sucks that they've and been relegated to a support you know, studio. Yeah, and there's and they could they have the ability to make a Singularity Two. Mm. It's just like why why aren't they? Activision just has to believe in them, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't know how it works internally there. The the original creative minds may well have moved on because they're disappointed with where the studio is. Um, so it might not even be the same guys that made, you know, Singularity, which is a shame to think about, but it could well be the case. Yeah, might be. Hmm. My number four is The Wolf Among Us. And, As we've just uh, mentioned, yeah. Yeah, Paul Frew said that it was better than The Walking Dead. Did he say that? Yeah. Their best work to date. Yeah. Um, I would actually be inclined to agree. The Walking Dead has its place. The Walking Dead is consistently excellent. I have not played season two of The Walking Dead. I know the first one was brilliant. I played it again on Vita... Uh, for for a stupid, I don't know why, for trophies probably. And it is really good. You know, if you can, as you constantly say, Simon, if you can ignore the glaring technical issues, then it is a really, really good game because it's about narrative, uh, all about the narrative. And this is based in in such brilliant fiction that it's just, it's fascinating because it's dark but violent to a whole new level because these are characters you know 
but they are not in the situations that they are talked about in Disney films, you know? A lot of them are in prostitution, so most of them are drinking their lives away or living in poverty or have just died um, or been murdered or whatever. And it's, it's just, it's so brilliant and it ended so strongly that I can't wait to see season two because it's got to happen. Uh, it really has to happen. So, and it's on sale just now, I think. Is it? In the January sale, I think it might be. I think it's on PS4 now as well. So yeah. if you have any interest in that, definitely go and play it. It's yeah. uh, it's brilliant. Really, really good stuff. Would you say it's better than Tales from the Borderlands so far? <sighs> That's difficult to say because they're so different. Tales from the Borderlands was brilliant from a perspective that it was just so much fun. And it was so light-hearted and well-written that... It, it's they're difficult to compare as telltale games they're both very good i'd say tales from the borderlands is more refined purely because it's got a it's got a cleaner art style that's based on something else um so a lot of the groundwork for the design was already there because obviously they're, they're it's a game based on a game rather than based on a comic or whatever yeah um and it, it tales from the borderlands runs a lot better but i don't know if that's because it's on ps4 but the wolf among us is still just an excellent narrative in there. I'm, we're yet to see how the narrative is is going to progress in Tales from the Borderlands, but hopefully that will be sure. good as well. So that's my that's my number four, the listener number four, Simon. Yeah, it's Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> thrilled. I mean, you can't argue with the numbers mm. because this this top five is very close, and. Um, Apart from GTA V, which we've got rid of because it's a re-release and we didn't think that was very fair, they're all very close, this top five. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm a bit disappointed that Destiny's held as one of the best games this year. You're not upset. You're just disappointed. I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand well, how, even from just a marketing point of view, how you can look at a game like that and say, best game of the year. Because that's going to encourage all these other companies to say, yeah, buy your game in 30 quid instalments and get pretty much nothing for your money. Well, luckily, Kurt Woods is on hand to explain why it's at number four. And he says, I don't agree with the DLC bullshit blocking stuff that you were talking about. But before, I loved it. Still do, to be honest. It's just, yeah. I think it's just because it's so clean and it is so well designed it may be lacking in content but it's just so it's difficult to explain like it's it's brilliantly designed it works it works really well and people do get addicted to this grinding i still know people that are playing the multiplayer and i hated that i thought that was the yeah. worst part of the game but i think that is the main the main thing is it's people addicted to grinding it it is like a sort of mmo so back to experience it. Yeah. You know, I've never been able to understand that either. People that can just sit and play the same levels over and over on an MMO. It's the same sort of thing. But I never even got to a point where I could even grind in that game because I was so instantly disappointed with it and, to be frank, disgusted with it. How far through the story did you get? Was it that night when we went to the moon and we were just laughing at all the dialogue? That yes, yeah. And I a just fallen thought, house banner. Yeah, I just thought, what's the, what's the point what in this game? What the fuck is that? I mean, I went into the game thinking... As you would if you'd watched the trailers in the demo, it's going to be a vast world you can go and explore. And you've got this storyline there. Why is this whole earth rusted and, and abandoned? Yeah. How am I going to help this situation? And what you get 
is really a couple of levels you're going to just rinse repeat and don't forget to collect the spin metal as well that's important yeah so I you know that disappointed me but listeners liked it people yeah. are addicted to it so it's done something right I don't understand yeah. you know it's uh, it's not for us no. I, I didn't finish the story I played the last mission because that fucking bullshit mission of the day nonsense on the left hand side was the last story mission but I haven't actually played yeah. all the way through I've only been to one of the planets for about 10 minutes um, once so I don't think I'll ever go back to it to be honest I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sell it but you know and it was the game that made me most excited last year as well am I disappointed? yeah of course I am because it's not everything that I hoped for but the expectations were so high that it could never be that but going to the launch event and playing the beta and the alpha it made me happy to play games like that was exactly the kind of thing i had so much hope for what it could achieve that it made gaming fun for for a while there i I wasn't enjoying games at all last year um nothing was out that was really grabbing me and the prospect of this being brilliant really took me Mm -hmm. um fortunately when it came out and wasn't so good there were a lot of other stuff coming out that was excellent so i think the blow wasn't quite as hard but you know it was I, uh, I I wouldn't put it anywhere near my top five no. personally I think the most telling fact about Destiny is they said it was going to be a 10 year game mm. I mean that was a hell of a claim bearing in mind that the last generation of consoles didn't last 10 years do you reckon Paul McCartney will still be alive when it's finished <laughs> well you know what I was going to say was Destiny 2 has already been you know it's a thing Destiny two, aren't they? Yeah. I think it's only going to be. Sorry, you finish making a point. But but that means Destiny is not a ten year thing. It's a we're going to sell sell DLC until people stop buying it. Then we're going to release the mm-hmm. next Destiny. People will buy that, and we'll do the same. That's not a ten year yeah. game. Yeah, you know, that's not a game. That's a business. <laughs> it's, and it's I like, do realize there's a business behind games, but there's there's such an anti consumer model there. Yeah. That it's it's horrible, and I think one and of the worst the, things is it comes from Bungie, who were so sick of. Well, that's what I was about to say. I think it's only going to be a matter of time before we start hearing about high-profile Bungie staff leaving and starting up their own place and doing something truly original. I mean, I don't know if they feel like they made a huge mistake here, even if they're not admitting it. But as you said, they've stepped out from under a corporate boot and just chained themselves to someone else. Yep, they've jumped under it's another boot. Crazy. I don't. Yeah. yeah anyway. So my number three mm. is Valiant Hearts. Oh, good choice, man. And that's um, mainly because it's a fantastic adventure game. Mm-hmm. It's got an amazing art style. Yep. But the the story it tackles is something I've never seen in a video game before. Yeah. And I think it needs to be commended for that. And it does it so well. Um, I didn't think the ending was as good as you did. But regardless of that, I think the story it tackles, the fact that it's an educational game as well, and the way it plays, it's definitely got to be up there with the best five games of the year. It is. It's excellent. Just so, so good. What's your number three? My number three is Wolfenstein. See, everyone's taking my thunder by announcing the game <laughs> I'm about to on the previous go. Yeah, Wolfenstein's brilliant. I, I loved it. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, I've, I mean, I've already spoken, uh, I've said my piece about it, but 
A couple of funny things I remember happening when I played it was there. Some of the textures were a bit funny. So there's a bit where a bomb goes off and in a building and rubble is everywhere, and in the texture of the ground there's a giant biro that's about three feet long, just a massive pen that I thought was very funny because I don't know how they'd missed it because you literally have to step over it to go into a really? into a building. <laughs> yeah. I've never Just seen this that. massive biro. I'll send you the picture. I, I, sh I saved it on my PS4. Nice. Uh, this is Wolfenstein. One, this is Wolfenstein, yeah. Uh, the next one was, you know that device, I think it's called, is it like the plasma cutter type thing? Not from, and that's not its proper name, obviously. Dead Space is a plasma cutter, but you know the thing you used to cut through grates and stuff? Yes. You can use that on people. It's not a very effective method of killing them. But it's really violent because they just sort of, they they just go all bloody. It's horrible. Anyway, there's this guard taking a piss at the toilet uh, in in a stall, and I walk up behind him, and I start using this on him, and he turns around, and then he takes out his little baton thing, and he hits me with it, and then I keep doing that, and I keep hitting him uh, with this laser until he makes a weird noise, turns around, does like this weird sitting down animation on the toilet and then just disappears down the, down the toilet what and and you can just hear him in the distance going oh oh and he he literally goes down the toilet it's amazing <laughs> have you not seen that before no i shared it on youtube i'll send i'll send you the link to that as well because that was brilliant uh, last one playing on the hardest difficulty for the trophy last boss fight which is tough anyway even on normal where the guy's in a giant mech suit and I managed to find a place where, because you know you can crouch and then hold, I think, L1 and R1 to basically go prone and you use the sticks to lean out from behind cover and stuff. I used that to basically flatten myself to the floor behind this small flight of stairs and he came right up close and all his missiles and stuff were hitting the sort of the, the handrail of the staircase and I could just fire grenades at his foot <laughs> until he died. It wow. was the, just the cheapest way of, of winning anything ever. But uh, yeah, brilliant game. Really, really enjoyed it. Had a lot yeah. of fun memories with it as well. So hopefully they'll make another one. Yeah, hopefully they do. And listener number three. Listener three is Wolfenstein as well. Oh damn! So um, Paul Fru of Game On says, "I was surprised how much I enjoyed this. Just solid fun." I think mm. that sums up well. It is. It's not groundbreaking. Nope. But it's a good game. <laughs> a really it's, good game. It's quite fun. Yeah. And it's so it's different enough not to be stale. Yeah. Because Call of Duty games are great games, but they're the same thing, arguably, again and again. I haven't played this year's release. I can't afford to buy every game every year. No one can. But it's it's so outlandish and over the top that, you know, it shouldn't be dismissed by someone who who's considering giving it a go. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Now my number two. Mm. Is Shadow of Mordor. Oh, have you played this? I have, I've, I've got it, yeah. I bought it and I haven't played it yet. It is the best Assassin's Creed game ever made. <laughs> um, it takes the open world experience of like Assassin's Creed, maybe a little bit like um, a sort of Red Dead game as well, right. in that you can ride stuff and you go about the map. You've got two massive maps you can go on. And you are just killing people, taking over outposts, doing side missions. There's a nice story storyline there as well. But the biggest thing is it takes all those points of 
you know, sandbox games we're used to, like Assassin's Creed, not only does it do it better than them, taking a combat system like like Batman's and doing that really well as well. Yeah. Um, not only does it do that, but it also has this assassination um, mechanic yeah. where you can control the whole army, the whole orc army. Is it called marking or something? So you've basically got you can you can discover this whole officer ranking of the orc army. Mm-hmm. You can try and control certain structures and get to the war chiefs. Um, you can kill ca- certain captains. You know you can decide what you want to do yourself. You can interrogate the lowly captains to try and get information on the ones above them, their weaknesses and stuff. And then besides that, you've got this skill, this awesome skill tree. So that at the start of the game, you feel like just a normal sort of like soldier. By the end of it, you're committing genocide. You're that good. Nice. That's, um, that's successful soldier stuff, right? Yeah, there. yeah. So, it's just... I think it's probably one of the best sandbox games we've seen. Really? Yeah. That's, those are big words. Definitely definitely one of the best Lord of the Rings games. Oh, yeah. Well, that's hardly difficult, is it? They haven't had a yeah, big one I mean, since PS2. Since PS2, yeah. Um, but I just think it's something everyone should play. I mean... We're looking at Assassin's Creed games coming out every year, not really changing much, like adding a boat system and that kind of stuff. This is this does more to create the sense that you're an assassin than any Assassin's Creed game I've ever played does. Is it weird that it doesn't have licensed Lord of the Rings music in it? I haven't noticed it has that, an original to be soundtrack, doesn't it? That's, that's what I heard anyway. I was yeah. doing a video for Push Square and I needed music from it and all the comments were like it doesn't even need the official soundtrack I'm glad they didn't have it in and stuff but it seems like you know it's it's like Pirates of the Caribbean music and, uh, and, and the films and Harry Potter and so on it seems like it's sort of synonymous because it's such famous music yeah I didn't notice I th- it okay. feels so separate from Lord of the Rings as a series that yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't exactly seem weird when you play it that's good to hear um, my my problem with it is it too open world or is there a sense of linearity to it because I from Christmas with games that I asked for and bought myself because they were on offer and I got a good deal or I had a gift voucher and stuff I've got I got Dragon Age I've been playing the crap out of that <clears throat> since Christmas and I'm still going and I don't feel like I'm anywhere near the end it's brilliant um, and then I bought Far Cry 4 or I got Far Cry 4 I bought Shadow of Mordor um, and I might have bought something else, but I can't remember. But they're all open world games, and I'm getting so burned out on open world games. I'm just craving some linearity at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it is very much an open world game. Right. You could just go to the main missions if you wanted. Yeah, but uh, I get distracted. There's you know? so much, so many shiny stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's it's not really linear at all, in okay. terms of. It's like GTA. You go to the mark on the map, which means main mission. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's your mission. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not really a linear game at all. Uh, I, I was going to say that's a shame. Obviously, it's not a shame at all. But it's just uh, I, was, I was hoping I, I've got to figure out which one I'm going to play next after I finish Dragon Age. Yeah. But that's your number two. Yes. Excellent. My number two is Valiant Hearts. As we discussed, uh, the ending did make me cry like a child, and I've never had a game trigger that response in me before. I think it, it's just incredible the story it tells is excellent it's a bit ham-fisted in places with the uh, 
the American guy, and that's not obviously not because he's American, but because his his story is a bit more over the top uh, than less and less grounded than any of the other tales, which are a bit more believable. Um, and it does end weirdly, where you think, "Hang on, is there going to be? Are there more? Is there going to be more to this? I don't understand yeah. because it ends sort of mid-war." Um, but at the same time. If they made more, it wouldn't feel like, oh, they're just making a sequel for sequel's sake, because obviously it's set during a particular time period and they only covered half of it. Um, and they didn't need to cover the whole thing because the, the, the characters' stories were so well done that they did end before the war ended. And I think that's, that's part of the tragedy of it because you, these people never saw the end of it. Yeah. Their stories came to an end one way or another um, without them knowing life beyond this horrible conflict that's that's torn their lives apart and i think that's part of the reason why the ending was quite as emotional as it was mm -hmm. um and i'm not saying more games need to be set during this time period but you know if they're done reverently and done well and have a soundtrack as beautiful as, as this game does then you know it, they are incredibly powerful they can be incredibly powerful games about war don't you don't have to be wielding a gun all the time and that's not some sort of hippy dippy uh, lefty view of, of shooters. It's just that I've been Sergeant Gunman more times than I would care to remember. I'm so sick of being Sergeant Gunman and having an experience in a game about Sergeant Gunmen where you're not a Sergeant Gunman, you're just a man trying to survive is, is so refreshing, particularly when it's done so reverently and so yeah. brilliantly. Um, so massive kudos to them. I thought it was excellent. Really, really liked that game, which is why it's my number two. Nice. Listener number two. Yeah, listener's number two is Far Cry 4. Have you played it? No. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our game of the year, it relies on us playing every game that comes out that year, and that doesn't happen. Yeah. So... Maybe in a couple of years' time when we get that cheap out of the bargain bin, we'll think, you know what, that was, game of, the, that was game of the Year in 2015 or 2014. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was some Game of the Year shit. I mean, I did exactly the same with Far Cry 3. Great game, but I didn't play it immediately. <clears throat> it's just, it's not enough time, not enough time in the world to do it. Yeah. But uh, luckily we got a listener thought on it from Jonathan Goff. He says, definitely not as good as Far Cry 3, but entertaining enough to kill a few 30, 30 odd. What? Hours? Does he mean hours? Yeah. Oh yeah, I see it. Fuck. He says I'm like everything. An idiot now. Yeah, I know. The, it was on the next line down. Okay, I didn't see it. <laughs> I just to kill a few thirty odd. What? Kill a few what? Hours. He said hours. I'm sorry. Yeah, but to me that means that it probably wouldn't be in my game of the year list because I liked Far Cry Three, but if this isn't as good as Far Cry Three, I doubt it would make my top five. Well, equally, this is the this is the only person who commented, yeah. who cared to comment on his particular choice of Far Cry 4. So it may well have been number five on his list, um, yeah. but obviously people voted for it enough to be at number two. Yeah. So I've heard very positive things. As far as I can tell, it seems to be more Far Cry 3 in a different setting with different weapons, with slightly worse characters. The villain yeah. isn't as good as, as he seems like he should be, apparently. So, who knows? I'll play it eventually, and I'll let you know some. Cool. Now, we've come to the point where I get to say my number one, my oh game God. of the year. Oh, God. Um, and actually, this was not a hard decision for me. 
Good. Because the game I chose is, in my opinion, hands down, the best game that came out this year. It's also right. one of the most... Um, what's the word when people don't appreciate it? Unappreciated games of the Underrated. year. Underrated. Um, Underrated. Can you guess what it is? Uh, I think I know what it is, buddy. Alien Isolation. I was going to say Watch Dogs. No, nope. Alien Isolation <laughs> is... Yeah, you haven't shut up about it, have you? So how could it be anything else? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is just the best. Stylistically, the best game this year. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, I mean, you know what you're going to get into. It's an alien game. But the yeah. story they do is, in my opinion, as good as any of the games in the Alien franchise. Uh, uh, alien films in the franchise. So story-wise, it's good. Yeah. Gameplay, you've got gameplay that fits in with Alien and Aliens, both films. And if you play it on normal difficulty, like you would any other game apart from this one, because reviewers are stupid and they play it on the hardest difficulty and they complained it was hard, the difficulty's fair. Yeah. And it is one of the most intensely terrifying games you will ever play. Yeah, which is why I will never play it. But for those reasons, it just had to be Alien. It's got a great story. The gameplay is amazing. It's like Dead Space mixed with Bioshock, mm-hmm. um, mixed with, you know, um, Outlast, because you've got that kind of hide and seek sort of um, horror survival game gameplay. Yeah. It's just, and it's and it seems like not many people played it, which to me is mind-boggling because you know you look at PT, everyone was talking about PT because it's a good horror game. You don't get many good horror games. Alien Isolation comes along, one of the best horror games we've had in years, and no one plays it. So I think this is a case of if you have been sitting on the fence thinking, you know, people didn't like that, it got some really low scores, don't even listen to them. Just get it, play it on normal, and make your own opinion, because if you're like me, you'll fall in love with it, and it's a great game. Yeah. I couldn't put it down. I don't think um, I'm going to be able to do it, to be honest. Um, It's even got a weapon crafting system like you'd get in... um, what kind of games have that? The Last of Us. The Last of Us, yeah. I mean, it had the weapon crafting system like The Last of Us. It's like an RPG Bioshock type game mixed with Outlast or Amnesia, Dark Descent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great combination. So I, yeah. I definitely play that. Sounds like it really spoke to you. Are you a massive Alien fan anyway? You know, you don't have to be because, I mean, it helps if you know what Alien's like. And you know what sort of themes you're in for because it really it really is in keeping with that sort of style. <laughs> but even if you've just played Dead Space and you like Dead Space, if you're the kind of person that liked Dead Space 1, I thought Dead Space 2 with it was a bit too much action. Imagine playing that in first person and it's a bit more like Outlast. Yeah. That's the kind of game you're looking at here. Um, Lots of nods as well. Very... Well, yeah. Sort of uh, faithfully created. Very, very faithful, yeah. Um, for me, for me, there was no contest. For me, it was my top five. One through, uh, two through four are just game, sorry, two through five are just games that are making up a top five list so that Alien Isolation can beat the top. For me, Alien Isolation was hands down the best thing I played this year. Wow. So, um, and that's a game where a Dark, that's a, this is a year when a Dark Souls game came out, so that's saying a lot. Mm. You know, yeah, it clearly massively underwhelmed you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what well, was your what was your game of the year? 
My game of the year, Simon. It's it's a late edition, and I could be accused of, of it just being flavour of the month, but holy fuck is Dragon Age Inquisition really, really good. Yeah. I've never played a Dragon Age game before. I had no interest in playing a Dragon Age game uh, before now, because it just didn't really appear to me. But it it's uh, appear appeal. It's 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 adult fantasy, if if you understand what I mean, in the same sense that Game of Thrones is adult Lord of the Rings. You can still enjoy Lord of the Rings, you can still enjoy, you know, Skyrim, for example, but this is a game that's so well put together, meticulously put together, the world, um, the lore, everything is, you know, it's, it's Bioware's trademark. The world, the universe of Mass Effect felt so alive and so genuine because of the amount of effort they put in. Uh, to making it this way, and I was told that you could play Dragon Age Inquisition without playing the previous games, and to an extent that's true. I still am really struggling with the lexicon of different fucking words and races and all sorts of things they're talking about. I have no idea what's going on at all. Um, and it's it, it was challenging to begin with, because I was playing this sort of like asshole who just didn't want to listen to anyone who was like, oh, why me? Why have I got to come here? I don't I don't believe in your God. I don't like any of you. I don't know what's going on. And to an extent, that was exactly how I felt playing the game. Because I was like, I don't give a shit about these people. I don't care what they're talking about. I don't know what's going on. And, and they reacted, everyone around me reacted so brilliantly, appropriately to that, that it made me feel that actually, you know what, this game is really really well made because these people are thinking yeah all right shut up why don't you just get on with it and help us out and i thought okay all right well i'll give it a go then um and i'm so glad i did because it is excellent like there's there's so much content in there just a mind-boggling amount of stuff to do and it's difficult to describe because you're you fall into the, you know, I can't even begin to explain what happens in it. Essentially, there's a demon that's trying to take over the world, and you are cursed with this mark, kind of like Harry Potter. So you're the only one that can stop him, and you you start this inquisition against him, and you gather people from all over the uh, the world at your your little castle type place. And as more people show up, there's more stuff that you can do, and combat systems really good all the different combinations of powers and stuff and the because it's more open world the mass effect the main difference in the parties is just the chatter that they have with each other because i've only heard them repeat a line once and after each significant thing happens in the game when you're just out and about doing stuff they'll talk to each other about it in the party and it depends on there i think there are 10 different people you can have or eight different people you can have in your party and you're, you can only have a party of four people, including yourself. And they'll all talk differently and say different things to one another, depending on who's in the party. And if they've been in a party for long enough, I don't know if this is strictly true, if it's just a matter of time or whatever, but I had a mage called Dorian and this weird bull thing called Bull, and they started having a relationship together and then just started teasing each other about it <laughs> while we were out and about on the road and i was like hang on what the fuck and then when i got back to the castle i was able to actually go and talk to them about it and they were like yeah yeah we're we're doing this thing and you're able to say like that's disgusting you should be ashamed get the fuck out of here or you can say that's good good for you man 
but it's just shit like that like they're constantly teasing each other and it's just the way that everything's written in in terms of coding about when certain <laughs> things are said really makes these characters feel alive and really important which is i think is a very big part of this game um and i've been playing for a disgusting amount of hours now and like this this is the game that that wasn't on my list and then just came in and usurped uh dark souls 2 because i thought actually this game is wicked and i have such high hopes for the next mass effect game now because if we can get this bit in space then yeah. i'm gonna be pretty fucking excited so how how seamless is, is dragon age um in terms of loading yeah the loading times between different parts because there's a world map then there's your like your keep your your little castle place uh, where where everyone's safe inside the walls of the castle oh, like, so sort of like skyrim kind of but it's not all one map so there's there's a sorry i should clarify the world map is a is a, an actual map where you just select different locations to go to and each of those locations is massive so there there are different like worlds if you like within this map so okay. different regions of, the, of this world so there's the desert place there's the horrible stormy place there's the green luscious hill place and they're all massive and they have different things to do there and, and stuff like that um so much stuff to do so, like an overwhelming amount of stuff to do and it's it's great it's and the loading isn't bad either which i know was a big issue you had with mass effect yeah it's i just kind of i never got this i never got the sense in mass effect that it was a big universe it just felt like it was lots of small levels yeah. Which it sounds like this is sort well, of because it's more bigger the, maps. The advantage it has over games like Skyrim is that it is narratively driven. Whereas Skyrim was sort of like, oh, there's this kind of this thing going on over here. It's it's a big deal. It's what the whole game's about. But whatever, you know, go and chase butterflies or whatever. Yeah. Um, this game is will let you do that sort of stuff, just like Mass Effect did. If you want to go fucking mine mi minerals, then you can go and do that. <laughs> but there's there's such a focus on this story that i remember the end of oblivion where you assemble this army to chase down this this demon or whatever and fight him and banish him back to the the plains of oblivion or whatever uh, i don't oh know that did i say oblivion yeah is that the game yeah um and there's like 12 people 12 guards all charging in with you and you're like this is the fucking army and then you get to the end of fallout uh, new vegas and you're on top of the hoover dam and you're attacking it with an army, and there's about ten people. So, what is the sense of scale is so off that it doesn't feel right at all. Yeah. Um, whereas this can handle a lot of people on screen at once, and it really does make it feel like you're part of a big deal. And there's lots of characters showing up from previous games who I kind of recognise but don't know, and I feel like that would be of significance if I'd played the previous games. But they really bounced back because Dragon Age 2 did not get reviewed very well. And this has been, you know, it's just the, the reviews have been glowing. It's been winning Game of the Year awards everywhere. And I just couldn't for the life of me understand why. And I'm so glad I gave it a go because it is, it is epic high fantasy yeah. that just, it's just dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of hours. Like I'm, I'm 80 hours plus now and it's still going. Um, so definitely recommended if you want something to tide you over for like a month. Does sound good. I think it. I predict yes, that when rise. Witcher comes out, uh -huh. it's going to dwarf Dragon Age. Oh, I totally agree. 
I totally agree. This feels like this is this this feels almost reactionary to to The Witcher because from what I've seen of The Witcher, there's a lot of similarities in locations, yeah. and obviously they'll have been in development for a similar amount of time, and you can't really compare them. It's not very fair, but they are very similar. The Witcher has probably a better pedigree so far as the previous games were very very well received, whereas Dragon Age has been well received and then not very well received at all and now extremely well received so we'll see but either way it's a win-win for us yeah definitely so that's my uh that's my number one that's my game of the year nice so my uh, the listener game of the year yes is shadow of mordor as well mordor again. um well i say as well but you know that was my number two yeah so, all you need to say about that. Yeah, there's not much more we can say. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. although it did get the most votes, the most points, no one said anything about it. No. So, it is a game that people voted for. It is, and people like That's it. That's what we'll put on its uh, um, tombstone. Yeah. It was a game. <laughs> <coughs> you right? So, yeah, I'm d- just dying a little bit. Okay. And I've got a, like a start of a... Oh, there's a fire alarm. Should you, Should you be concerned? No, it just goes off when there's like a kettle. Oh, okay. <laughs> it goes off so you easy. Um, get that? I'm sure someone else will get it. I'm just going to sit here and listen to it. Do I make, make, mark this timestamp? No. No. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've got a sore throat anyway because I've got a cold. I had tonsillitis uh, as well when I was away. I'm sorry. Now I've got a cold. Do you have any uh, honourable mentions? Um, honourable mentions? You know what? South Park. Yeah. Only because I've not had a chance to play it yet. I was going to send that to you. I actually had to send it back to Push Square, so I'm sorry about that. Yeah, so I got I got the US version of one of my friends, Fraser, who got it when he was in the States. Mm-hmm. And um, that means it's not censored. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to play it, and I'll be talking about it on the show within the next few episodes. Um, and I actually expect that it would be on my top five if, if I'd played it. It was in my top five. I put it at number five. But when I had to put Dragon Age on there, I felt that I couldn't justify it being on there over the other games. Um, it's excellent. Really, really good. Solid RPG. And it, it's its not a perfect RPG by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the quality of the writing and the faithfulness of the world made sort of, you know, filled in a few of the cracks there that were in yeah. the gameplay. I feel, like, um, I feel like it's been an odd year for Game of the Year because of the fact that a lot of the good games are split between PS3 and PS4. Mm-hmm. It feels like, it almost feels like if South Park was in, in for Game of the Year, the fact it's on a last-gen console, it's going to go against it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because it feels like games from this from 2014 should not have been on PS3. <laughs> but so many were. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh-huh. one, two... Uh, well... At least two of mine were. Three three of mine would have been if South Park was on the list. Yeah. I haven't got any of the big ones really. Like Infamous Second Son came out and that was really good, but not game of the year worthy. Uh Infamous First Light was even better, but still not as good as some of these other games. But yeah. There we go. I think that's it, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for all your, your votes and putting the time in. Obviously, uh a lot of you put in a, a great deal of effort writing 
your opinions next to all of your things and we really appreciate that and at the same time we apologize that we changed up the formula because obviously otherwise we would have read out those opinions for sure but we just couldn't otherwise we'd have i mean it took us that long to get through uh, what like 15 <laughs> games imagine if we had to do about 40 we'd, we'd be here for hours so yeah we had to do it another way and moving forwards we will let you know that at the time of asking for your game so you don't have to put quite as much effort into yeah into doing that sort of thing but thank you so much uh should we move on to the end of the this year yeah oh hello didn't hear you come in i'm esteemed voice actor richard mcgonagall and what i find goes best with a glass of brandy open fireplace and my best smoking jacket and slippers is a good episode of playstation radio uk you know you want to be like me so go on get listening Thank you for listening to this show. It's show 80, Simon. It is indeed. And we'll be back to the normal format of the show next week. Yes. Please unsubscribe and resubscribe. Yeah, if you know anyone that listens to the show and and, and they haven't noticed that their stream isn't, or their um, feed isn't working, mm-hmm. just get them to unsubscribe and subscribe again and that should fix it. Where can they find us, Simon? Uh, until then, they can find us on our website, PlayStation Radio UK. That's not it. No. <laughs> PlayStation Radio dot co dot UK. It's like you don't even go there. <laughs> um, Sorry, and I'll be posting a little post on that website soon, in case people um go there trying to find us and because the feed isn't working. Post wanted. a little post for me. Yeah, and you'll find our Facebooks and our Twitters on there as well. Twitter is at PS Radio UK. Our Facebook yep. is facebook.com slash PlayStation Radio UK. Check the Facebook for when we're asking for stuff from you because that is where we'll ask for it. Yes, that's like where we ask for your game of the year. So it is questions and shit. So go yeah, on. it's worth liking us on there, on and on. you can add us on our PSN IDs as well. Mm-hmm. Ben is confused underscore dude. Yeah. Um, and I am cyborg simo Scotland without any vowels. Yeah, very simple, very easy, name. and they're Remember on the website as well. To to get your get your voices heard for back to front or front to back wipe. What's your preference? We yeah. need to know. This is BBC Radio Five Live. <laughs> now, um, yeah. Last but not least, make sure you send us an email. Next week we'll be back to the normal format. We so have three, by the way. I, I want to name the people as well because they've been sitting in our inbox for about well nearly a month so <laughs> I just want to make sure they are aware that we have received them and we'll be discussing them and their names are are you ready Simon yep. just just padding for time their names are Matthew Freeman Ethan Hilberg and Matthew Freeman again so <laughs> we will get to those soon guys thank you very much for sending them we haven't forgotten yeah. about them next week cool. so our email is fishandchips at playstationradio.co.uk yes thanks Simon can Love we get an extra special no 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 I was going to say, can we get an extra long lovely bye from you this week? Uh, yeah, but I've got a sore throat. Can you go first? I'll join in. Okay. Because I want to make sure you do. <sighs> Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. See, so you hear that? That's how you fucking do it. <laughs> You've been listening to the PlayStation Radio UK podcast. 
find out more, go to www.playstationradio.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at PSRadioUK. If you've never played a computer game, don't dismiss them. There are games for all mentalities. It's just that the good games are hidden behind a massive crap.